local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5. I am Patrick Reynolds. We are taking you home on this January 22nd. 2024. You just heard Local Biz Now with Joe Vagnone airing every Monday right here on WSIC News Talk. Mondays at 4 p.m. where your business matters. He comes to you live every Monday from the Burners Cigar Studio here in the WSIC Cornelius Studios. I use the same studio and yet for some reason it is not the Burners Cigar Studio. Don't know how that happens, but Maybe we need to talk to Burners. We're going to give him a little bonus time here, stepping into Joe's seat for the News Drive at 5. Burners Cigar is located just at the road at Brookdale Village. We are on West Catawba Avenue here talking to you there at Brookdale Village. A short trip in Huntersville away from our studios here. 844-STUDIO-4 is the magic numbers that get you on air for conversation and news talk. 844-788-3464, 844 844- 788-3436. I might have just misspoke there. 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3436. I'll get those phone number right yet. And I understand that we may have a traffic update coming in. Yolanda from iCats. Hello, Yolanda. How are you with us? Hi, Patrick. How are you today? Very good. How are you on this Monday afternoon? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. I came in here one piece on Monday, ready to hear about the traffic as everybody's heading home just after 5 o'clock on the East Coast time here. What do you got for us? What's happening? Well, I have some traffic build up over there on um, 77 North. I was getting ready to say 95. That's Philadelphia. <laughs> That's where I'm from. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> 77 North. 77 Northbound is getting having some build up um, over there, exiting out of out of Charlotte. Uh, what was that? Exit 10. Okay. Um, by 10. 10- 10th Street. And we do have some uh, traffic build up over there. Of course, the beautiful Lake Norman bridges. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so- and um, we have some stop and go over there by Hunters- Huntersville. Exit 23 is, is building up now. Okay. So no, are there any incidents to report or this is just post five o'clock no. on a Monday traffic? We're getting volume out there. No, that's it. We we just getting some volume and no no incidents at all. I have not seen one. Well, that's good news right there. Everybody uh, keep the paint to themselves. Don't be trading any paint out there. Keep your cars safe. Uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of each yes. other. Glad no incidents. If it's just people earning a living and heading home, that's good news. Yolanda, thank you so much for the update from iCats. You're welcome. Have a great evening. You too as well. Thank you. Yolanda from iCatch checking in with us. Uh, Traffic is building as we're heading out of Charlotte on 77 North as well as Huntersville, Cornelius. Those causeways over the water, they're starting to get a little lake break there. So uh, if you see the water, see the lake. Yeah, it is beautiful, but just keep rolling. Keep that commute rolling on I-77 North coming out of Charlotte. Thank you to Yolanda for iCats for checking in with us. We also have two tickets to give away, excuse me, four tickets to give away for a couple of home shows. Two tickets to each home show. We will give that away during the last segment of the News Drive at 5, about 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time. 
we will clear the phone lines, then open them back up to all of you to win a four-pack of tickets to the home shows coming up. What are they? We've been giving away for a couple of weeks. Now, the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show is this weekend. January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And we also have two tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. So we got a four-pack of tickets, two to each show. Going to give away to you a winner at 5.45 p.m. today. The winning phone number to dial is 844-STUDIO-4 or 844-788-3436. Call us up at 545. If you'd like to talk about the upcoming news stories, we welcome you as well. Here are our top five that we are tracking for you here on the News Drive at 5. I-77 was closed for several hours over the weekend due to a fatal traffic accident. A suspect who dragged an Iredale County deputy with his car is apprehended. The flu deaths are rising in North Carolina. The Kannapolis Police Department arrests a shooting suspect. And the fate of two Iredale hospitals could be decided this week. Our top story tonight on the News Drive at 5, one person lost their life following a crash Sunday evening, which closed Interstate 77 for several hours. The crash happened near Cornelius Road on the outskirts of Mooresville. Officials say all northbound lanes were closed past exit 36 for West Plaza Drive and River Highway, which is North Carolina 150. The wreck was first reported just before 4.30 p.m. on Sunday, January the 21st. Troopers say a 2020 Nissan Sentra was driving north in the emergency lane on I-77, did not slow down, and hit a 2014 Freightliner tractor-trailer that was stopped on the shoulder. The driver of the Sentra, 28-year-old Alante Watts from Gastonia, died at the site of the crash. The driver of the tractor-trailer was not hurt. According to authorities, impairment did not cause the crash. The on-scene investigation lasted for about three hours. No charges will be filed. Again, if you're joining us late, that was a crash on Sunday. There are no lane closures currently Monday on I-77. A Moores Mill man who dragged an Iredell County Sheriff's Office deputy with his vehicle during a traffic stop on Saturday has been apprehended and jailed without bond. Law enforcement officers found Corey Leeser, age 33, of River Highway in Mooresville, hiding in a hole in the ground near the Iredell-Mecklenburg County line in the early morning hours on Sunday. Due to exposure to the weather conditions, Leeser was treated by EMS personnel and taken to a local medical facility where he was examined and then released to the Iredell County Sheriff's Office. He was questioned and made statements about his involvement in the incident. Leeser was transported to the Iredell County Detention Center where he was charged with felony assault with a deadly weapon on a law enforcement officer, felony flee to elude, misdemeanor arrest, obstruct, and delay. During the stop, Leeser attempted to get away by pulling away from the deputy and getting back into the vehicle. As the deputy tried to pull Leeser out of the vehicle, 
Leaser placed the vehicle in drive, dragging the deputy about 15 to 20 feet. The deputy fired his weapon but did not appear to hit the suspect. The deputy was able to return to his patrol vehicle and pursue Leaser. The chase was terminated when the vehicles entered Rowan County due to the suspect's driving speed, traffic conditions, and concern for public safety. The deputy was not seriously injured. Sheriff Darren Campbell said on social media, quote, for all those who have exp expressed concern about the welfare of our deputy who is involved, we are humbled and thank you for your concern. He was very fortunate not to have sustained a serious injury and will be back protecting the citizens of Iredell County soon, end quote. The suspect's vehicle was located and seized a short time later inside Mecklenburg County. Sheriff's Office deputies and Mecklenburg County law enforcement personnel searched for the suspect throughout the night. Campbell expressed the office's appreciation to all the law enforcement agencies in Rowan County and Mecklenburg County for helping to locate Leaser. The News Drive at 5 rolls on. We'll be right back with you after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this January 22nd. 2024, 518 p.m. on the East Coast. We're about 30 minutes away from our ticket giveaway to the home shows. We've got a four-pack of tickets for the first caller to check in with us at 545 during the final segment of the show. Two tickets to the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And two more tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Two tickets to each show makes a nice, neat little four-pack. Two great weekends there coming up uh, for the local home shows. We will let you know when to call in. It'll be after the final break at 545 tonight. Rolling on with the news drive at 5 with your local headlines. A Statesville man faces drug and weapons charges after the Statesville Police Department's special rep response team executed a search warrant at his home. The police announced the arrest of Tony Young, age 34. The police department from Statesville began an investigation after receiving complaints that Young was selling narcotics from his home at 1154 Mahogany Road and within the city limits. During the investigation, officers made controlled purchases of narcotics directly from Young at his residence. On January 17th, the Statesville police executed the search warrant at Young's home just east of Statesville. During the search at his home, officers located crack cocaine, methamphetamine, drug paraphernalia, and a mini Draco AK-47 style pistol, which investigators were able to link to Young. Young is a convicted felon and is currently on probation for possession of a Schedule II controlled substance. Following the search and the recovery of illegal drugs and firearms, Young was apprehended and taken into custody by Statesville Police Department officers. Young was charged with a possession of a firearm by a felon, possession of cocaine, and possession of methamphetamine. He was transported to the Iredell County Detention Center, where a magistrate set his bond at $62,500. 
The Statesville Police Department expresses its gratitude to the community for reporting this activity. All residents are encouraged to be vigilant and proactive in ensuring the safety of our community. If you observe suspicious or criminal activity that requires immediate police response, please contact the Statesville Police. The number of flu-related deaths in North Carolina has climbed by 50 to 146 for the 2023-24 season as the state approaches the typical peak of flu season. The North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services updated its weekly respiratory virus dashboard with 24 flu-related deaths for the week that ended January the 13th. An additional 26 deaths were added from the previous weeks. The Department of Health and Human Services cautions its weekly totals are subject to revision, including factoring in cases and deaths that occurred weeks or even months ago, but were only recently confirmed as related to the flu. The majority of the newly confirmed deaths, 28, were among those ages 65 and older, along with 14 for those ages 50 to 64, and 8 for the age group 25 to 49. There were no additional deaths among children. The Department of Health and Human Services does not provide the region of the state in which the flu-related deaths occur, citing patient privacy policies. Now, for the season to date, there have been 90 deaths among those ages 65 and older, 30 for the bracket 50 to 64, 17 for the 25 to 49 age range, 4 deaths among the 5 to 17-year-old, and 4 for ages 4 and under. DHHS, as well as the Triad's three primary hospitals, are reporting large numbers of people being seen in emergency departments with respiratory illness symptoms. Many patients are waiting hours to be seen for a potential case of a respiratory virus. Said Dr. Elizabeth Cuervo Tilson, the state's health director and chief medical officer, quote, We are approaching the peak of winter respiratory virus season and encourage people to get tested early and seek treatment as soon as they begin to develop symptoms. Don't wait to seek treatment if you test positive for the flu or COVID-19 as treatments can help prevent serious illness, especially for those who are high risk of serious complications based on their age or their medical conditions, end quote. Flu vaccinations are especially important for children who are at higher risk of developing severe disease or complications, including those younger than age five, especially those under age two, or those with chronic health problems like asthma, diabetes, or a weakened immune system. The department continues to monitor respiratory virus-related emergency department visits and hospital admissions, as well as tracking the virus in wastewater. Cases of flu and COVID-19 were on the upswing since early November, but have either leveled off or are declining depending on the metric. Meanwhile, RSV cases have dropped since late November. RSV is a common virus that can cause severe infections in children and adults over age 60. RSV symptoms typically include a runny nose, cough, and low-grade fever that can be treated in many cases with over-the-counter pain relievers. As of Saturday, 13.5% of emergency department visits statewide involved a respiratory virus. That's compared with 17.2% in the previous report and 22.2% for the week that ended December the 30th, which represented the highest level in more than a year. Dr. David Priest, 
an infectious disease expert with Novant Help. Health has said that most new COVID-19 variants are more contagious than previous versions, while the flu and RSV continue to circulate. The JN1 subvariant represented nearly 53% of COVID-19 cases statewide last week. In Charlotte, Mark Marion Heron was arrested by the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Police Department Violent Criminal Apprehension Team on Saturday at a hotel in Charlotte. Heron, the Kannapolis Police Department said, is the man accused of shooting two people on South Cannon Boulevard on January 7th around 2 a.m. One of those people died. The other was injured. Shavante Byers, age 23, of Kannapolis, and Quentin Parmas, 28, of Concord, were taken to a hospital where Byers was later pronounced dead. After an investigation, detectives got warrants for Heron for first-degree murder and assault with a deadly weapon, inflicting serious injury. In Iredell County, local and state public officials are waiting in anticipation as the acquisition of two Iredell County hospitals hinges on a decision that could come down as early as Tuesday. Earlier last year, Novant Health announced its acquisitions of Mooresville's Lake Norman Regional Medical Center and Statesville's Davis Regional Medical Center, including their physician clinics and outpatient services. Got them from the subsidiaries of Tennessee-based Community Health Systems Incorporated. The $320 million acquisition is subject to regulatory approval and is expected to go before the Federal Trade Commission, which has to review purchases in excess of $101 million. If the FTC does not approve the acquisition and CHS doesn't want to keep the two hospitals, it's unclear what would happen to them. It's possible that Mooresville could end up without a hospital. Novant Health is the region's second largest healthcare system, just behind Atrium Health, and it is the only healthcare system that has shown public interest in purchasing the hospitals and their clinics and services. Public officials locally and across the state are anticipating the decision, particularly based of the potential impact on emergency services, regional mental health care, and economic development. Said Mooresville Commissioner Lisa Qualls, quote, if this doesn't go through, we will we have no hospital in Mooresville, she asks. That's the stuff that keeps me up at night. That would put a lot of pressure on Arda Health Systems, which has already been a bit overwhelmed since Davis closed its emergency department. To overwhelm that facility and those caregivers only means that patients, you or your family members, will have longer waits in an emergency facility, and heaven forbid there's a wreck on I-77. Getting to the closest hospital would be a 20 to 30 minute drive in good traffic, end quote from Lisa Qualls. Now, in emergencies, uh, quality health care and its accessibility matters, said Mooresville Police Chief Ron Campicciani. Location of quality health care is important because we just don't have to go to Charlotte for everything. When a town grows, the quality of health care is just an automatic. I think it would be great for Mooresville to have a quality health care wherever that is. IRL EMS Director Blair Ritchie said any expanded health care services would help first responders in the county's already taxed, short-staffed hospitals. Ritchie said, quote, it's always best for EMS to stay in the county, explaining that it helps hasten the time EMS spends transporting patients to hospitals, which frees them up to be back on the road quicker. 
quote, we would definitely look forward to any expanded services that could be brought to Iredell County, end quote. Mooresville Fire Chief Kurt Deaton agrees the town needs a high-quality hospital system. Having a hospital that has capabilities to save lives without having the patients transferred to other hospitals is crucial to the survivability of a critical patient. We, as first responders, strive to deliver the highest level of service possible to our citizens and give them the best chance of survival. Having a great hospital system greatly enhances the abilities to recover from an illness or serious injury. Iredell County Commissioner Gene Haupt said local health care has to keep up with growth and demand, and he said he hopes an infusion from other top-notch health system would do just that. He said, quote, we are too often having to transport out-of-county hospitals because our existing two are so busy, end quote. We will keep track of this hospital story and keep you up to date as it unfolds tomorrow or during this week. The News Drive at 5 rolls on. I'm Patrick Reynolds taking you home. Home show tickets coming up. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 here on WSIC News Talk Radio for January the 22nd, 2024. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride home with you tonight, or this afternoon rather. Uh, we've got tickets to the home show Two home shows coming up. We are about 15 minutes away from our giveaway. The winning phone number, 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-STUDIO-4. By the numbers, that's 844-788-3436. Now, I've got a 3464. 844-STUDIO-4. We just go 844-STUDIO-4. That's the number four. That gets you into uh, WSIC News Talk We've got a four-pack of tickets to these home shows coming up. Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show, January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. And two tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. So that Home and Landscape Show at the Cabarrus Arena, that is coming up this weekend. So it's Monday afternoon. You're heading home from work Never too early to make weekend plans. This should be your weekend plans with the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show. With the cold weather that we've had recently, I'm sure springtime is on everybody's mind. We've got a four-pack of tickets coming up in just a little bit here on the News Drive at 5. 844-STUDIO-4 will land you your winning tickets after our next commercial break. In Iredell County News, Commissioner Scotty Brown has announced that he is seeking a second term in office. Brown, who lives near Troutman and owns Zootastic, is one of seven Republicans running for three seats on the Iredale County Board of Commissioners. He said earlier today, I have some unfinished business like the fairgrounds. I want to see the fairgrounds started and a final plan before I leave. During Brown's tenure, commissioners increased funding for emergency services and boosted local per-pupil funding for Iredell Statesville Schools and the Mooresville Graded School District. Brown said Iredell County now offers competitive pay for EMS personnel, emergency communications, and the sheriff's office. The starting pay for the Iredell County's sheriff's office deputies is now more than $50,000. Brown also supported raising Sheriff Darren Campbell's annual salary. Brown said, quote, I fought hard for that. 
Now he's one of the highest paid sheriffs, and we have one of the lowest crime rates, end quote. While serving on the Board of Commissioners, Brown has served on the Cooperative Extension Committee as an alternate on the Adversary Council. He served on the Local Emergency Planning Committee, the Fairgrounds Committee, and Public Safety Task Force. If re-elected, Brown said he would continue to scrutinize how taxpayers' money is spent. He said, quote, as a businessman and owner of the largest tourist attraction in the county, I think I know how to manage money as well as any conservative. Brown and his wife, Kim, share five children and have four grandchildren. In Mooresville, resident William Compton has announced his candidacy for one of three seats on the Iredell County Board of Commissioners. In his campaign announcement, Compton called for increased transparency in county government, better communication with residents, term limits, and more stringent regulations for residential property developers. Compton said in his official announcement, quote, transparency and communication is so important when spending taxpayers' money. Citizens need to know there is a citizen budget form that they can fill out online. There should be no closed meetings from the public. There should be a basic county budget mailed out to taxpaying citizens or a monthly statement showing where tax dollars are going. It would be great if the county commission even had some local town hall meetings. A graduate of Mitchell Community College and the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, Compton is a lifetime resident of Iredell County. He cited his work serving on a nonprofit board as important experience. He is one of seven Republicans on the ballot in the March 5th primary. Compton called on county commissioners who oversee a $323 million budget to provide regular communications to citizens on how taxpayer money is being spent. And he said town hall meetings are a, quote, must for community engagement. Repeating statements he made in a recent GOP forum, he called for more local government control of public health policy and said he opposes school and business lockdowns, vaccine mandates, and mask mandates. He added, quote, no tyrants from Raleigh or Washington. We should respect our USA Constitution. Compton also called on the Board of Commissioners to be more involved in regulating residential developments, even though most all large developments fall under the jurisdiction of town and city governments. He added, quote, Iredell County should have inst- infrastructure in place before allowing massive developments. Many mistakes have been made in southern Iredell County. Developers should be prepared to put in turn lanes, stoplights, connect to county water, Place one home per acre and not four or more. Apartments and hotels need stronger fire codes and building codes, not just standard old outdated codes. Same when schools are being built. Compton also supports term limits, arguing that Republicans in name only or rhinos, quote, want to live in public office. But he does not believe in countywide property reevaluation for taxation purposes, which is required by state law, which should be allowed should be allowed during a recession. Iredell commissioners, he said, should make education a top priority, ensure only biological girls are playing girls sports and preserve land for future needs, including schools, public safety agencies, agriculture and parks. In Raleigh, Iredell County's unemployment rate held steady at 3.2% in November, according to the latest data from the North Carolina Department of Commerce. 
Iredell has a labor force of over 96,000 workers. In November, a total of over 3,000 individuals in the county were classified as unemployed. The county's unemployment rate is down 0.2% from November of 2022. Unemployment rates increased in 39 of North Carolina's counties in November of 2023, decreased in 17, and remained unchanged in 44 counties. More news from Mooresville. The Town of Mooresville Planning and Community Development Department is asking for residents, property owners, and business owners to provide feedback for the Mooresville Tomorrow Comprehensive Plan. This plan establishes goals and policies to strategically plan Mooresville's future while preserving and enhancing what makes Mooresville a desirable place to live, work, learn, and play. Goals and policies developed with this plan aim to enhance our town with a mix of uses and amenities that expand the local economy, enhance social interaction, protect environmental resources, and improve the overall quality of life. The Mooresville Tomorrow Comprehensive Plan will focus on the pattern and character of future growth while providing a vision and policy framework from which the United Development Ordinance, Capital Improvements Plan, and the annual budget should all be guided. Residents, property owners, and business owners are invited to join the town for a hands-on interactive conversation about a wide range of topics important to Mooresville's future. The workshop is January the 25th from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Charles Mack Citizen Center. One more time, it's January 25th at the Charles Mack Citizen Center. Input given at the workshop will help identify, describe, and prioritize important aspects of the future. Those not able to make the workshop on January 25th can attend one of the three drop-in engagement events in various wards in Mooresville. January 30th at Visit Mooresville offices, February 1st at West Branch Public Library, and February 8th at the Selma Burke Recreation Center. Any questions, please contact Will Washam, Transportation Planner at the Town of Mooresville. Also, news out of Raleigh, North Carolina's 100-county Board of Elections on Friday began sending absentee by-mail ballots to registered voters who requested a ballot for their 2024 primary election. This marks the start of voting for North Carolina's March 5th primary election. Voters who have already requested absentee by-mail ballots should receive them in the coming days. In North Carolina, any eligible voter can request, receive, and vote an absentee ballot by mail. Said Karen Brinson-Bell, Executive Director of the State of State Board of Elections, quote, We encourage all eligible primary voters to plan how when and where you will cast your ballot, and to make sure you have an acceptable form of photo ID for voting. If you need photo identification, you can get a photo ID for free from your county board of elections or your local DMV. State law previously provided for a grace period if your ballot was postmarked on or before election day and received up to three days after the election. Now, that is no longer the case. The ballot must be at the county board office, not in the mail, but at the county board office by 7.30 p.m. on election day. 
In the primary election, voters will select nominees for a political party to move on to the November 5th general election. In primaries, voters affiliated with a political party will be given a ballot of candidates for the party. Unaffiliated voters may choose the ballot of any one party that has a primary basically Democratic, Republican, or Libertarian, or a nonpartisan ballot, if available in their jurisdiction. The Green Party and No Labels Party do not have North Carolina primaries. By-mail voters must have two individuals or a notary witness that the voter completed their ballot. The witnesses must sign the ballot return envelope where indicated. By-mail voters also will be asked to place a photocopy of an acceptable photo ID in the sleeve on the back of their ballot envelope. The photocopy does not have to be a color copy, but election officials must be able to read it. Absentee Absentee voters who are unable to provide a copy of a photo ID should complete the photo ID exception form that is included with their absentee ballot materials and place that form in the sleeve indicated for photo ID. We are coming up uh, on our final break of the show. News Drive at 5 rolls on here. I am Patrick Reynolds taking you home. When we come back from the commercial break, we will be giving away that four-pack of tickets that we have been teasing you about for the entire show. And for the past several weeks here on the News Drive at 5, we also have been giving away tickets on Good Morning LKN, Home Ad, and the Scoreboard. 844-STUDIO-4 will get you into producer Bill and on air with me for this four-pack four of tickets. Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show this weekend at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. The Charlotte Home at Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 24th, and 25th at Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. Two tickets to each show, a winning four-pack will be giving away right after this commercial break. News Drive at 5, I'm Patrick Reynolds. We'll be back right after this. Good afternoon, everybody. The News Drive Ad 5 rolls on. Patrick Reynolds along for the ride. I'm taking you home on this Monday, January the 22nd, 2024, 5.48 p.m. Eastern Time. And it is home show ticket giveaway time. 844-STUDIO-4, 844-STUDIO-4, numerically. 844-788-3464. That's 844-788-3464. First caller in to the News Drive at 5 will win a four-pack of tickets to these home shows. We've got two for each. One this weekend coming up, the Greater Charlotte Home and Landscape Show. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, January 26th, 27th, and 28th at the Cabarrus Arena in Concord. As well as we've got two more tickets to the Charlotte Home and Remodeling Show, February 23rd, 4th, and 5th at the Park Expo and Conference Center in Charlotte. We've got a four-pack to a lucky winner right now, two to each show. All you got to do is dial in, and these tickets are yours, 844-788-3464, 844-788-3464-844-STUDIO-4. You're a winner. Call in, take these tickets. We'd love to give them to you and show you a great time this coming weekend. 
Back to the News Drive at Five headlines. In a groundbreaking achievement, Dr. Ray Georgeson, a cardiologist with Piedmont Healthcare Heart and Vascular, has become the first physician in Aradale County to successfully perform pacemaker surgery using an Avir leadless pacemaker at Aradale Memorial Hospital. Georgeson said, quote, being the first to offer leadless single pacemakers in Iredell County is an exciting milestone. The Avair pacemaker represents a leap forward in cardiac technology, allowing us to provide our patients with a more efficient and less invasive solution for managing cardiac arrhythmia. Traditionally, pacemakers have been implanted with leads, but after Avair, leadless pacemaker eliminates the need for those wires, making the procedure minimally invasive. Through mid-December, Georgeson and the Iredell Health System team have been successfully performed two surgeries utilizing this state-of-the-art technology. A standard feature of the Avair pacemaker is its extended battery longevity, expecting to last 15 to 20 years, which is a significant improvement over the previous standard of 8 to 12 years. The advancement not only reduces the frequency of device replacements, but also enhances the overall quality of life for patients. Furthermore, the Avair leadless pacemaker is remarkably compact, this is smaller than a AAA battery. So we've got a pacemaker, new technology, smaller than a AAA battery. It is implanted into the right heart chamber, providing patients with a pacemaker that not only offers advanced functionality, but also a more discreet and comfortable experience. Patients qualifying for this pacemaker include those who require single or dual chamber pacemakers for the management of cardiac arrhythmias. Eligibility is based on a thorough assessment for each patient's medical history and individual needs. Patients will undergo the procedure at Iredell Memorial Hospital's Heart and Vascular Center. Patients can expect the procedure to last up to an hour and a half with the added benefit of being able to return home on the same day. Dr. Ray Georgeson practices at Piedmont Healthcare Heart and Vascular in Statesville. We got a pacemaker smaller than a tri than a triple A battery, hour and a half surgery, and you're back home the same day. Amazing medical advancements in technology with that pacemaker. In Statesville, local restaurant Amalfi's Pizza will be hosting a visit from America's Best Restaurants in early February. America's Best Restaurants is a national media and marketing company focusing on bringing attention to local, independently owned restaurants. They'll bring its roadshow to the Statesville restaurant on February the 5th. Popular dishes will be highlighted along with an extensive on-camera interview with brothers and owners Lando and Antonio Vicodomini and other key staff about the restaurant's special place in the community. The episode will be aired extensively on social media channels at a later date. The Vicodominis emigrated to the United States from Naples, Italy in the mid-1990s and opened this location of Amalfi's in 2015. Amalfi's was nominated to be on the show by a longtime fan, Christine Edwards, who praised the restaurant's freshly made homemade options, generous portion sizes, and in her words, overall deliciousness. 
In Mooresville, Senator Vicki Sawyer came to the Mooresville Graded School District's legislative breakfast last week to listen to concerns, but she also came bearing a gift as well. Sawyer brought a letter from North Carolina Senate Pro Tem Phil Berger recognizing the Mooresville Graded School District with the North Carolina Department of Public Instruction's Science of Reading Champion for Change Award. The Office of Early Learning has been traveling across North Carolina this year to recognize one district or school per region that stands out for their working commitment to the science of reading. In addition to the reward, Mooresville Graded School District will be added to the North Carolina Promising Practices map highlighting their work in early literacy. Amy Ryan, who is the Assistant Director for the NCDPI's Office of Early Learning, commented on the award and the reason the Mooresville Graded School District received it. It was during a presentation at the uh, Board of Education meeting. She said, quote, the district has implemented several vital processes to champion the science of reading aligned changes with their K through five schools. As a result of the district's aligned efforts from leadership to paraprofessionals and support staff, the 2022-2023 end-of-year Amplify student assessment outcome results revealed that Mooresville Graded School District is at or above the state level in 7 out of 10 areas assessed for foundation literacy skills. They are the highest in the southwest region in two areas, and all of the subgroups are at or above the state level in assessments of foundation literacy skills. The endeavors of Mooresville's graded school district have championed vital changes in classroom literacy instruction that clearly demonstrate improved literacy outcomes for students. Sawyer said this achievement is a testimony to Mooresville's commitment to providing a quality education to each student. Director of Elementary Education, Gemma Conley, added... Through the professional development, our teachers have gained a deeper understanding of the science of reading and the strategies to address the foundational components of literacy. This program has emphasized practical application, which in turn has encouraged our teachers to apply their learning directly to the classroom. Collaboration through our professional learning communities has also enabled teachers to share insights and identify areas in the curriculum that may need adjustment. By working together, our K through five elementary team, which includes teachers, specialists, administration, has been able to respond more effectively to the specific needs of our Mooresville graded school district students. The award was just one part of the two hour meeting with school district, state and county officials, and also included obviously the board of education members. The elected officials from local and state government all said support for education is a priority. Recapping our top story tonight, one person lost their life following a crash Sunday evening, which closed I-77 for several hours. The crash happened near Cornelius Road on the outskirts of Mooresville. Officials say all northbound lanes were closed past exit 36 for West Plaza Drive and River Highway, which is also North Carolina Highway 150. The wreck was first reported just before 4.30 p.m. on Sunday, January the 21st. 
Troopers say a 2020 Nissan Sentra was driving north in the emergency lane on I-77, did not slow down, and hit a 2014 Freightliner tractor trailer that was stopped on the shoulder. The driver of the Sentra, 28-year-old Alante Watts from Gastonia, died at the site of the crash. The driver of the tractor trailer was not hurt. According to authorities, impairment did not cause the crash. The on-scene investigation lasted for about three hours. No charges have been filed. In other top stories, a Mooresville man who dragged an Iredale County Sheriff's Office deputy with his vehicle during a traffic stop on Saturday has been apprehended and jailed without bond. Law enforcement officers found Corey Leeser, age 33, of River Highway in Mooresville, hiding in a hole in the ground near the Iredell-Mecklenburg County line in the early morning hours on Sunday. Due to exposure to the weather conditions, Leeser was treated by EMS personnel and taken to a local medical facility where he was examined and then released to the Aradale County Sheriff's Office. He was questioned and made statements about his involvement in the incident. During the stop, Leeser attempted to get away by pulling away from the deputy and getting back into his vehicle. As the deputy tried to pull Leeser out of the vehicle, Leeser placed the vehicle in drive, dragging the deputy about 15 to 20 feet. The deputy fired his weapon, but did not appear to hit the suspect. The deputy was able to return to his patrol vehicle and pursue Leeser. The chase was, de- was terminated when the vehicle entered Rowan County due to the suspect's driving speed, traffic condition, and concern for the public safety. The deputy was not seriously injured. Well, that about bring to a close tonight's News Drive at 5 for this January 22nd, 2024. The scoreboard with Joe Berg, I believe a repeat is coming up next. Joe is a little bit under the weather, but we'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Patrick Reynolds saying good night. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody.